Merkel Media. Another dark figure stood up to my right. But this time I could make out much more detail. Uh, red eyes. Uh, spike-like uh, things coming from the shoulders. And this thing was huge. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast. And spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody else, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blow his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over, and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reach my hand into this bush, and I touch air. Couldn't breathe, and I couldn't move, because I know I'm seeing a monster. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. If you want more shows on a weekly basis, we offer a bonus show every Thursday on the website and the app for app listening for member episodes. If you haven't heard me say it before, I'll say it now. You can listen to member episodes on an app. Once you sign up, you'll get an email on how to register for the app. So if that interests you, go to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button and become a member today. Also, if you want friends, head on over to preparewiththeconfessionals.com. That's preparewiththeconfessionals.com. Listen, I went to the grocery store and they were straight up out of chicken this week. I'm not kidding you. I don't know if it was just my store or if it's a problem everywhere, but I'm telling you, they were out of chicken. Crazy stuff. Be prepared. If there's a food shortage coming your way or any kind of emergency, you want to make sure you can take care of you and your family. So go to preparewiththeconfessionals.com. Get yourself emergency supply food and survival gear that will last up to 25 years for you right there at preparewiththeconfessionals.com. Now, listen, before we get into anything else, I just want to give a quick shout out to my sister, Tanya, and her now fiance, Alex. This past week, I was telling people we were going away on vacation to kind of get away and stuff, which was true. We did go on a you know getaway trip, but the whole family came because Alex was planning on proposing to my sister, Tanya, and he did. She said, yes, they're getting married. I'm very happy. My sister is with a great guy, Alex. Shout out to those two. They're awesome. I'm very happy for them. And I just wanted to let them know because I know they and other people listen to the show. Now, I want to let you guys also know we have something new for the confessionals. New P.O. Box. 
Many people over the years have asked me to give them my home address, and I've been just sending out my home address, and it's becoming more and more frequent recently. And I started thinking, you know what? I think I need a P.O. box and stop being cheap, Tony. Just go ahead and bite the bullet and get yourself a P.O. box. So that's what I did. And I'm announcing it right here for you. If you want to get the P.O. box, I'll put it on the website as well. But right now, if you want to write it down, if you got something you want to give me and send me, that's fine. Use the P.O. box now. 88 Glocker Way, Pottstown, Pennsylvania, 19465. And the suite number is STE361. That's Suite 361. Once again, it's 88 Glocker Way, G-L-O-C-K-E-R, 888 Glocker Way, Pottstown, Pennsylvania, 19465, Suite 361. So if you guys got something you want to share with me, that's fine. Send it to the P.O. Box and I'd be happy to share it on Instagram, just like I'm going to be sharing today the Bigfoot that I got recently from a listener. And that was the first person to ever use the P.O. Box. So shout out to Jonathan. Thank you very much for the Bigfoot. I am putting it on my shelf in my office and it will make some frequent appearances on video when I do video stuff on YouTube right here in the studio. So thank you very much for that to Jonathan and the Bigfoot. Awesome, awesome stuff. Thank you very much. And also just be sure to go to the YouTube and hit subscribe to the Confessionals YouTube channel. I am actually working on producing the next episode of Legion of Legends. I'm hoping to have it done this week or next week. It's going to be a fun one. I know you guys are going to love it. So if you don't want to miss it, just subscribe to the Confessionals YouTube channel because that's where we're posting Legion of Legends. There will be a separate playlist on that channel for Legion of Legends for you guys to enjoy all the content that I make with Legion of Legends. Now, this week, we have Jimmy coming on the show. And Jimmy is somebody that I've been wanting to talk to for a while. I was really glad I was able to connect with him because he goes into great detail. Listen, friends, I'm telling you right now, this is something that you may not want your kids listening to. Sometimes people listen with their little kids and stuff. This may not be one of those episodes you want your kids to listen to. If you haven't noticed by the title of the episode, Jimmy goes into extensive details as to how, when, where he started having sexual encounters with demonic entities. And then we get into astral projection and things like that. But this is a very graphic episode. So I just want to let you know up front, don't let your kids listen to this, but also do what you want. I'm not here to tell you how to live. Let's get to Jimmy right now. All right, today we got Jimmy on the show. Jimmy, how you doing, man? Doing well, Tony. Nice, man. So, uh, Jimmy, man, you have some experience here, and I think we're going to kind of touch on uh, your experiences, maybe your profession a little bit, because I know you're in law enforcement. Um, but uh, first of all, we want to knock out what we're here to talk about. And uh, you've had some, you know, I guess we can call paranormal. Some people don't like calling it paranormal, but I'll just call it paranormal. It's shadow people and sleep paralysis. I know sometimes sleep paralysis, people say it's, it's all scientific, and I understand that. But for general purposes, you got paranormal experiences. And we're going to start off with the shadow people. I know when you were younger, you had these experiences where they were coming to visit you. So how'd this all start out for you? I mean, where, how old were you? Where were you? How'd you realize what was going on? <clears throat> well, I want to say to the best of my memory, I was 12 or 13. So this was probably around 2005. Uh, first, it started out weird. Uh, I slept. First off, we lived in a really old house in, in the town I grew up in. It was one of three houses that had a basement. 
and actually the previous owner was murdered inside of the house. So we can get to that later. Uh, but it, it started out where I'd be sleeping, and, and my bedroom was weird. It was in the very center of the house. It had no doors on it. It was basically what was meant to be probably a computer room, and it had a door there that led to the basement. The first experience I had was uh, it, it wasn't too intense, but you know I was only twelve or thirteen at the time, so it shook me pretty good. I would remember uh, laying down, thinking I was dreaming. I, I felt something grab. I think it was it was my right ankle and pulled me off the bed and you know i'd wake up and be halfway off the bed that's pretty much how it started uh as far as the visitations uh well, well, this was before i ever, ever had uh any kind of sexual encounters i could uh <clears throat> all right never shared this in great detail so yeah and i understand it's a it's uh it can be a little uncomfortable uh you ripped the band-aid off with that you're just like this is before i had the sexual encounters and everybody's like wait you had sexual encounters <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah yeah so uh it just kind of it just kind of came out like vomit <laughs> <laughs> it's fine man it's fine uh take your time and uh go in the order that you want to go in and uh we'll we'll discuss as we go all right, so later on, I'd say I was I was the same age. I would uh, th- this is being awake. I would start to see things in my house. Uh, being in the living room, I, I remember this like it was yesterday. I was lying on the uh, love seat. I think I was watching an episode of Jeopardy. At, at the corner of my eye, it's just it wasn't a shadow person per se, but uh, it was it, it was a person. It was a figure. And I described this figure to my mother later, having a red flannel shirt and overalls, a uh, white male. I don't know. He was 6'2", six 6'3", six very tall guy. And I remember describing this to my mother uh, a couple of days later, and she said, that is the man that used to live here. <laughs> you described him to a T. And she showed me a picture of him uh, later that day, and it kind of freaked me out because I was like, ooh, I just saw that guy. <laughs> And, I, and I've always heard stories how he was murdered and, you know, I just chucked it up as, you know, my young kid and they were just trying to scare me or something like that. But I didn't know it was true until, you know, I told her that I saw him. Do you know how and he I, was murdered? I, I don't. I'm sorry. I just heard something really weird outside of my window. I I heard that, too. It sounded weird. It was like, what is You got abduction going on or something? I don't know. I don't see any bright lights. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't see anything. I'm, I'm on edge, you know, because of... Ugh, yeah, I can everything. understand. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, I don't know how he was murdered. I, I always heard he was uh, uh, somewhere along of a home invasion and he was shot. Uh, other than that, I never really heard anything else about that do you before we go any further do you think that he was the one pulling you off the bed it's hard to say because the the pulling me off the bed part i don't remember seeing anything i remember feeling a presence and it felt dark towering over me i remember like i said i thought i was in a dream and uh i remember i had a a little nightlight in that room at the time 
because I've never been a big fan of the dark. Uh, now it doesn't bother me so much. I, I do generally uh, fall asleep with the TV on now. Uh, I remember the room getting very dark, feeling the grabbing on my. It was weird. It was it was right on my right ankle, and it pulled me off, and I and I woke up halfway off the bed. Uh, I didn't see anything that night. I just kind of felt a presence. Yeah, because I, I asked that because you know, just generally speaking, if somebody ha- has a house, there's a home invasion, they get shot and killed, and their spirit is haunting the place. You would think that anybody who moves to that house, that spirit might consider them another invader and would act aggressively towards the person. And that's why I was trying to see if what your thoughts were on if you thought it was him or not. Right. I've never thought of it that way, but that makes complete sense. It does to me too, but I'm a truck driver. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm just a cop. I don't know either. Yeah. We're just having a conversation. So uh, go ahead. Continue, man. Uh, let's see. I think the first actual physical encounter with, with these shadow people, uh, I fell asleep on the couch. And I, and I, um, I found that these encounters would be more frequent when I fell asleep somewhere other than my bed. So I believe the first time I'm trying to think it could have been in my bed. I want to say it was, it was on the couch in the living room and I, and I fell asleep one night watching TV. Uh, I, I just, I was, I know I was lying on my back looking straight up at the ceiling. I woke up and I just see this thing over me. It holds its hand over my mouth. It, climbs on top of me straddling me and uh, basically had sex with the thing is is the best way I can describe it because not knowing what that was back then and knowing what that feels like now of course uh, I can contribute that uh, and compare that Wow, that probably sounded very weird. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Jimmy, you're not the first person that came on the show and said such things. So you're not alone in this. I'll tell you that much. Um, now, was could you tell what kind of entity this was as far as like, did, was it more feminine or masculine? It, it definitely was more feminine. I remember I, I could actually reach up and grab a breast. Um <laughs> And it just it, it, it felt great, you know. And I was I was young, and I was like, I've never felt this feeling before. I want to feel it again, you know. So uh, as time went on, I could uh, lie down, no matter where it was. I closed my eyes, and I would say, "Come visit me, come see me," something along those that that that. And it would it would come. <laughs> uh, generally, I would have to have my eyes closed and be thinking really really hard about it. And I would open my eyes. There it would be above me again. <clears throat> and eventually it got to the point where I could be a little more controlling in the situation. Meaning this thing wasn't just on top of me holding its hand over my mouth. I could, you know, get on top of it. Okay. So was this... All right. So when it put... The, for instance, when it put its hand over your mouth the first time, could you feel the hand as if it was a flesh and blood hand yes it it felt warm i definitely felt pressure on my face 
it definitely felt like somebody else was there. Like it wasn't just a figure, but I could never make out a face. But it, it had a feminine figure, flowing hair, which was black, matching the uh, the figure color. But it, it definitely felt real like it was an actual another person there and not just a figment of my imagination or something like that or, or a dream because I was very much awake when this happened. Yeah, and I mean, it happening more than one time after a while, especially if you're trying to summon it, like after a while, it's <laughs> does it, it, there shouldn't be any doubt in your mind that it's happening unless you're you're literally uh, you bl- belong in a mental institution. You're just crazy, you know. Um, so, how, all right, how old were you when this first happened? Do you remember? I know you think I think you mentioned it. You were a teenager or something. Yeah, I was twelve or thirteen. It, that that's just a guesstimation because that's about the time um, we moved into the house and. <clears throat> about 2005 so i'd say it was uh 12 or 13 depending on what month it was okay so 12 or 13 i mean right around that it's been a while for me but right around that age i think is when kids start hitting puberty and so it's not like something that um your body couldn't have reacted to this was something that your body probably was testosterone pumping definitely definitely ready to rock and roll you know <laughs> so. oh, oh, oh oh yeah once i felt the after that first time i was like ah it looked great. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I was scared to death the first time, and I, I never told my mother about it. Like, like I never mentioned this to her. Like I did mention, uh, like I mentioned seeing the uh, previous owner's uh, ghost or figure, whatever it was. I never mentioned this to anybody. In fact, I never shared this story with anybody until probably six months ago. And was that with your girlfriend? It was with her first, and I, I just kind of said, "Let me tell you something." We were we were kind of sharing weird stories about each other, each other's lives. I said, "Oh, you think that's crazy? Why do you hear this?" <laughs> and I was like, oh, it, "It's over after this. There's no way." But you know, she she was understanding. She didn't think I was crazy. Uh, she shared some experiences of her own with me, so you know, she didn't run away. So that's the, that's the important part. <laughs> Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, if she if she's um, sticking with you through that story, then I I would say she's a keeper, man. So, definitely, she definitely is. Because I, I can understand. I mean, the idea of being scared to tell, especially a loved one, that experience because you don't know how they're going to react. I would imagine it's similar to the idea of a, a teenager who has sex with their teacher. Uh, you don't want to tell anybody because you don't want to get in trouble, but also like years down the road, you probably don't want to be that guy, you know, where you're telling people, you know, yeah, when I was a kid, I had sex with my teacher, especially if you're a female, if you're a girl that wound up having sex with a a male teacher, I'm imagining it probably can be pretty embarrassing in a sense. And so you're probably pretty hesitant to talk to people about that stuff. And I imagine when it comes to having sex with an entity, uh, I imagine it's probably around the same grounds. It's like, you don't know how people are going to react to that. It's kind of, I don't know. It's kind of taboo, you know? Right. And I've, <clears throat> I've heard about these entities attaching to somebody uh, upon uh, an interaction like that. And growing up in my later teens, early 20s, I went through a really bad addiction with pornography. And thinking back, I'm not so 
I'm not convinced, not not convinced, shall I say, uh, that, you know, it wasn't just a, a shadow figure. It could have been a demon of some sort putting that lustful, those lustful thoughts and desires inside of me. Because before then, I had no experience with anything like that. I never watched anything. And it seems like uh, very shortly after that is when I started uh, experimenting with uh, stuff like that. Well, it makes sense. It makes sense because the younger, when when you get into that kind of stuff at a young age, uh, you constantly need to up the ante. And that's with any addiction. And it's the same with the pornography addiction. You know, when you get addicted to something like that, you constantly keep getting deeper and deeper into it. You get into more funky stuff. And so if your first introduction is straight up sex with a demon, then, you know, you're probably on a psychological level looking to get that next high, which is going to need to be a little bit better than the one you just had. And that's probably pretty hard to top, especially yeah. at 13. <laughs> yeah. And I recently conquered that addiction with the help of my, with the help of my girlfriend. She, um, she, she's been she's been my rock if if i didn't have her right now uh i don't know where i'd be in, as far as my, my mental state it is <laughs> i just don't know what i would do yeah well i mean it's good that you have somebody in your corner like that i mean uh that i think that's the goal for anybody who's looking for a relationship with other people that when you're with that person you're better off than you were without them and uh if you have that that match where you know, she accepts you for who who you are. She wants to see you become better and uh, is willing to help you through things. I mean, I don't know what more you could ask for in a relationship. I mean, that's pretty much a jackpot. That's right. That's how I feel, <clears throat> that's how I feel every day. So how many times did this go on for you? I mean, it, it, did, did it happen so often that uh, you really don't have track as far as time goes? It would happen as many times as I wanted it to happen. Like I said, after that first time, I could basically summon it by saying come see me come visit me you know that does and, that does sound like an attachment i know you mentioned that earlier that does sound like an attachment yeah and i know uh i listened to some stuff on uh demons and whatnot and i know that famous phrase let me in uh which i never heard that I, I, I never heard anything in my head as far as something trying to lead me somewhere or something trying to convince me to you know let them in uh like I said, it basically after that first time, it would happen anytime I wanted it to until I got older. When I got older, I lost the ability to. And believe me, I tried uh, because that's all I knew <clears throat> as far as that kind of feeling and that kind of attachment. What do you think that was? Just maturity? Uh, I don't know. I think it manifested into something else as I got older. Okay, so maybe like the, the addiction to pornography then. Right. And then the eventual sleep paralysis. Okay, let's take a second and talk about a new sponsor for today's show, which is Raycon Earbuds. Listen, friends, Raycon Earbuds are pushing the limits. And if you want high premium quality in your ears, you want that Raycon quality in your ears. A lot of people have been messaging me saying that last week's show with Joel, they heard a lot of different voices and growling on that episode, especially the overtime episode. And maybe the Raycon earbuds will help you figure out what is being said and what those growls mean. But 
one thing's for sure, if you're going to hear things in the audio as far as EVPs go, you need a good set of earbuds and Raycon will offer that to you. They come with a bunch of different gel tips to help fit your ear. And even the comfort is another thing that a lot of people complain about with earbuds, but Raycon actually fits in your ear. They don't hang out of your ear. So you don't have to worry about things knocking the earbud out of your ear. Like, I don't know, my daughter grabbing at my ear, grabbing at my face, knocking earbuds out because that's happening a lot into the toilet. That sucks. Anyways, you don't have to worry about that with Raycon because they actually sit in your ear. You can shake your head. They're not going to come out. They're great for working out. And guess what? They're half the price of premium audio brands, but they sound just as good. And Raycon is offering a 45-day happiness guarantee, so you really can't lose on this deal. Give them a try. Create your own soundtrack with Raycon. Right now, the Confessionals listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash confessionals. That's buyraycon.com slash confessionals to save 15% on Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash confessionals. Now, um, like I said to you before we started the interview, I might ask a question and just if the question is, you know, off bounds, just let me know. Um, but, you know, it's like I said, we've had people on the show to, that talked about their experiences like this. Um, and I understand it's sensitive, but at the same time, uh, there there's questions to be asked here. Uh, like when you said to, that, I guess after a while, you are able to take more control. Um, one, I think that is probably more in allowing you to take control. Uh, but when you like you, you used a, a specific example of you being on top, um, was it like a like? Because I mean, obviously, you know, you have sex with humans now, and so, <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, so was it like when you're taking that control? Are you really kind of like taking control as if you were taking control of a physical body? Um, I know you said that the hand felt warm and flesh like, um, but I mean, when I, I'm, th- I'm thinking, you know, when you're having sex with somebody and you're on top and you're kind of taking control there, uh, I mean, there's a lot of physical contact, a lot of like, you know, body to body kind of thing. Is, was it just that real? It, it, very much so. Like, I, I, I've I always wondered if, if somebody would have woken up, uh, in, inside the house and walked in when this was happening to me, I, I always wondered if they would just find me floating a little bit and not be able to see what I see or would they see it too. That, that, that never happened. But it felt, it felt incredibly real. Either there was something, somebody there that I was interacting with on a sexual level. It, it felt real. Like I said, I hadn't had sex at the time. I was... 13, 12 years old, and uh, finding out what that felt like later on in life, I could go back and say, that is what happened, without a doubt. And this is before any exposure to pornography of any kind. Uh, I wouldn't say I was growing up in a religious house. We, we definitely were religious. I still am. But if we wanted that exposure, we could have got it, put it that way. Yeah. So, I mean, the reason why I asked that uh, is because when I, the, my first introduction to people having sex with entities, ghosts, demons, whatever you want to call it, 
uh, wasn't from somebody telling me anything. It was me watching Ghostbusters. And <laughs> and if you've seen the movie, uh, Dan Aykroyd has sex with a ghost. And it's like a short scene, but you see his pants come unzipped and then his eyes roll in the back of his head. And when I was a kid when I saw that. And now as an adult, I've heard interviews with Dan Aykroyd. I think it was probably Joe Rogan's podcast. And uh, Dan Aykroyd recalled actually having sex with an entity and that attributing to that scene in Ghostbusters. Like, like he had sex with some kind of entity. And because he had sex with an entity, he put it in the movie. And so, like, for me, watching it on TV, the way his reaction was on the movie, uh, even though it was comedic and stuff, I think in the back of his mind, he was probably relaying something that he had experienced with knowing that he did and how he his body re- really reacted to it. Does that make sense? Like, like I because way he makes a look on the movie is that like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I'm thinking back now, I'm thinking probably because he when he did have sex with whatever it was, it probably felt incredible and real. <clears throat> that's, that's it. I, I had no idea. I actually hadn't seen the the original Ghostbusters movies until I was, until I was much older, so I, I didn't even know about that. Yeah, it's... um. I think it was the original Ghostbuster movie that that scene was in, but uh, yeah, it, it's pretty it's pretty trippy. Um, and these these experiences, you know, aren't as uncommon as you would think, and that's why they have names for these things. I mean, people who want to attribute it to demonic uh, experiences, they would call it a succubus or or, or um, a sink. Yeah, succubus or, or no, in- <laughs> succubus, incubus or succubus, and uh, the incubus is. Uh, you typically a female or no is it a male now i'm I'm trying to remember i I think the succubus is the female entity going after a male and i think the incubus is uh i don't remember now Uh, i'm lost (laughs) but (laughs) it's been a while since i looked at the definitions of a sink of an incubus and a succubus uh we'll just call them succubuses but uh, (laughs) i mean it, it there's names for them you know and and it's not relatively new or anything. These are ancient names of these demonic entities that come and visit people and have sexual interactions with them. Um, When you look back at it, not now, but like when you first started looking back at it, especially like say the first time you had sex with somebody and you're like, dang, what I've experienced as a kid growing up, that really was sex. Uh, Did, did it take you a while to kind of grasp that and be like, uh, this is, it's not normal. Like what I experienced isn't something that normal people experience. Or did you kind of think that was kind of the norm for most people? I definitely, at the time that it was happening, thought it was not normal, which is why I never told anybody. Uh, I didn't make that connection as far as it being sexual right away. Because like I said, eventually the occurrence, it stopped occurring. Uh, I don't know what it was. It just, it just, it, uh, it all came back to me one day, one day. I wasn't even having sex. I didn't get, just get done having sex. It just came back to me. And I, I just remembered everything vividly. I could remember, you know, what room I was laying in, not necessarily exact day or year. I know, I, like I said, I was around 11 or 12 or I'm sorry, 12 or 13. Ugh. And it, it just came f- 
it just came back to me. It's hard to explain. It's it's kind of like a repressed memory, like whatever it was visiting me wanted me to forget, and then didn't want me to remember until a certain time. I don't know. I'm <laughs> I'm new to this. <laughs> <laughs> me too. It, <laughs> so, you know it. it 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 can it can be hard to uh, recall all the details of things that happened in our childhood, and I, uh, me, I, I certainly can understand that. I, I honestly, I, obviously, we all lived our childhoods. We all lived the same amount of time. If you're 25 years old, you've had 25 years of experience. But I really don't remember a ton from my childhood, and I don't know if it's me blocking things out or if it's you know just me being stupid. Uh, but I, I don't remember a ton from my childhood. And, uh, so I, I understand, you know, things coming back later on and, and not really remembering up to a certain point. Uh, but what you just said with the idea of it, not wanting you to remember, uh, do, do you lean that direction? I do more than other directions because I, I can't think of another explanation for it because I know it happened. These were not dreams. This was very real. I was very awake when when these interactions happened but i guess after they stopped and i didn't tell anybody about it that it just went it went to the back of my head until something i don't know what it was just triggered it like a like a light flock flicking on so i i I guess just me not sharing it with anybody for so long on top of the occurrences stopping for many many years made me kind of not necessarily forget about it, but just it went to the back of my, my memory, if you will. Yeah, I can understand that. And you said this was pretty much from like 12 to 13 to what, later teens, it kind of stopped? Yes. Okay, so we're talking of just a few year period and stuff. Um, yeah, man, I, I don't know, but it, it definitely is uh, something that I don't think I'd want to live through, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, I, I, you make it sound pretty cool, but <laughs> I mean... It, it, that's my, my coping mechanism. Right. No, I understand. And But I mean, when you're a kid and stuff and you, you're kind of digging it, I mean, I guess I understand it. I mean, it's all a new sensation and stuff and uh, you really don't know much better. But uh, that first time it happened, I mean, were you scared at all? I mean, like all of a sudden something's on top of you covering your mouth, even though it, it felt good. Were you at the same time scared? Like, I mean, at 12, 13 years old, I mean, you've heard of ghosts, you've heard of people, uh, haunted houses, things like that. I mean, did that cross your mind that this is your experience, some kind of ghostly haunting entity doing something that felt good? I I did. Um, I was very scared. I remember my heart beating out of my chest. I, I could move my body. Like if, if I wanted to, I could have gotten up and walked away. But I didn't. I don't. Nothing was holding me down at the time that I initially saw it. Like I said, I looked up and there it was. A female. When it was standing over me, I'll say this. It didn't appear to have a a feminine appearance. It's when it got on top of me. Like it was it was pretty much just a blob when it was over me. And when it made contact with me, that's when it manifested even more and more detail as as a feminine like figure. I was terrified, uh, and this wasn't a, a, a dream where you know you'd pop up in a cold sweat and be like, you know, I just woke up from a dream that was wild. It was like it was done. It it went away, 
and I was I was lying there awake like I was before. Yeah, and you know what you just said kind of it leads me into my next question here. Uh, when the deed's done and all that, it, I mean, and I know this is going to sound funny, but I, I, I asked him the question, but I, I know it's kind of funny too. Uh, like there wasn't any cuddling or anything after that. It, did it just get up and walk away? Did, did it just disappear? Had this whole experience end to where you're now done having sex and alone in your room? It, it just it, it ended as quickly as it began. Um, no cuddling. I'm a cuddler. Uh, I, like, I like to be the big spoon. Uh, <laughs> Um, uh, nothing, nothing like that. It, it didn't like get up, you know, bunnies on the counter and walked out the door, you know, <laughs> it, it just, it, it was over as quickly as it began. Uh, sometimes it, it, it wasn't that quick of an experience. It, it felt like it would last for hours and, um, I would experience, uh, I guess you would call it lost time. I would know about what time I would lay down whether it be in the bedroom, the living room, wherever I'd lay down. Uh, and it, certain times, not all of them, but maybe one or two times felt like a really long period of time. And in reality, 10, 15 minutes might have went by. Did you ever feel like you were in a different realm, a different reality, or even look around the room at the same time and be like, something like the room doesn't look the same? Did you ever feel like you were in a different location than where, than where this started? No, I, w- I was always where it started. Now, I will say this, my surroundings became, I guess, my peripheral vision of my surroundings dimmed. They darkened where I, you know, the TV might have been 10 feet away or whatever it was, but I couldn't see it. It was it was cut out of my vision. It was almost like <clears throat> if you see a composite, a composite drawing of like a, a scene of a movie and it's just got the room cut off. I, I don't know how to explain it. Uh, I I was in the now. I I was only aware and could see my immediate area. Uh, anything out of my peripherals, I couldn't see. It was it was dark, and I just I could look up at the thing. Like I said, I couldn't make out a face or anything, or even eyes at that. So I guess it's safe to say that you were zoned in. <laughs> I was I, I was in the zone. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I think that um. When it comes to this kind of stuff, I, I don't. The reason why I asked that question was because I personally don't feel it's outside the possibility of uh, being taken into a different state of being during that experience. Uh, whether it's it, it turns from what we understand as physical into more of a spiritual experience, or even uh, to the more sci-fi end of things, that during the experience, your body gets taken into some kind of, let's just call it a parallel universe where this entity lives and exists on a normal frequent basis. Uh, like almost like it's taking you to its house, you know? Um, and that's why I wanted to ask you what the experience was there because I, I wasn't sure, uh, especially with the lost time idea. Yeah, it definitely. It was where I lied, lay down. It, that, that's where it happened. Okay. And, uh, as far as you know, nobody else knows about this other than your girlfriend. Uh, her and, and a coworker who is, uh, he's also had experiences of the paranormal, uh, and you know, I'll, I'll work a shift with them every now and then, and we'll get to talking about it for hours. Sometimes depends on how busy the night is. All right. So was his experiences non-sexual? Yeah, they, they were not sexual. Okay. So I'm assuming that you didn't drop 
the the sex bomb on the first conversation? Oh no 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 no! I just I, I don't I don't think I've ever shared that that uh, detail with him. I just told him I was visited oh. by shadow people. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, so that's what I mean, though. So as far as outside of your girlfriend nobody knows about the sexual experiences as far as you know nobody but you and the the listeners now <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we changed your name to jimmy <laughs> I, I like it yeah uh but seriously though i mean it's one of those things where i think that uh it, it's definitely a sensitive topic and you know i I think that there's a lot of people out there that do have these experiences and they just refuse to talk about it. Uh, and it kind of goes along the lines of other um, sexuality topics of conversation where people are hesitant to talk about whether it's, uh, you know, that they were molested as a kid or, you know, like I said before, the sex with a teacher thing. Like there's so many things or pornography addiction. There's so many things when it comes to sex that people are hesitant to talk about because you're so vulnerable in that situation. I mean, uh, it's it, like, okay, it's like, it's not like me saying, yeah, tonight when I'm done talking to you, I'm going to go up and have sex with my wife. Like, that's a normal thing. Like, I'm married. She, she's my wife and we're whatever. But the idea of uh, something outside of the quote unquote norm um, is something that I know people have a hard time coming out and just being open about. And I, I think it's, uh, you know, commendable that you're willing to at least come up forward and talk about it. Now, um, what would you say to people that are listening to this and uh, they are experiencing it and maybe they're fearful and maybe, maybe they're not doing it by choice as much as it being forced upon them? Would you, would you have any advice for them or anything? I mean, I, maybe you don't, but uh, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you to speak to people out there that maybe are having these experiences. That's hard to say <clears throat> because I didn't tell anybody. Uh, over time, like I said, that the experiences stopped happening. Now, if somebody else is experiencing this, and you know, it, it's maybe gone on for their entire lives, I, I don't know. Find find somebody you trust more than anybody else that you know will keep your deepest, darkest secrets because talking about it helps. It definitely helps. Even sharing that detail with my coworker, you know, without the sexual part, it helped a little bit. But when I when I opened up to my girlfriend, uh, that that helped a lot. Definitely did. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, it's it's like. I don't want to attribute it to this exactly, but it's the idea of being in a group setting like with AA or something like that, where you go and you sit down and you talk to people because it, it's a healing process. Just the fact that you're able to get something out is a healing process. And so I totally back up with what you said. I mean, uh, if somebody's out there and they're experiencing this or anything, really, if you can find somebody to get it off your chest that you can trust and be vulnerable with and talk to them about these things, uh, I imagine it would be a great step towards healing in the end. Okay, our last sponsor of today's show, which is HelloFresh. And HelloFresh is extremely happy with the response they've been getting from the confessionals listeners. And they wanted to return the favor with an awesome, awesome 
deal for you. We'll get to that in a second. Let me tell you, if you haven't heard me talk about it before, HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit company. They are freaking awesome. It is food and recipes delivered right to your door that you control. You don't have to worry about going out to the grocery store and picking out meals, meal prep, meal planning. All that stuff goes out the window with HelloFresh. They have an app that allows you to organize your delivery day so you can change that, your food preferences, the meal plan size, and it ships right to your your door ready to cook for you and your family. Listen, it's back to school season. Everybody's busy and HelloFresh gets it and they're there to help you plan out everything. And on top of that, I know a lot of people are into the whole fall harvest flavors and things like that. It's not my cup of tea, but I know there's a lot of ladies out there that wear those Han Solo type boots during the fall. They love the fall. They love the flavors that come out like pumpkin spices and things like that. And HelloFresh has you covered with a pumpkin cinnamon roll and Friendsgiving ready sides as well as a fresh, high-quality ingredients that travel from the farm to your front door in less than a week. Listen, friends, go to HelloFresh.com slash Confessionals14 and use code Confessionals14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash Confessionals14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. Go now. So, uh, Jimmy, man, you have uh, these pe- these uh, sleep paralysis experiences as well that started happening later in life. So walk us into this stuff. <laughs> my first instance of sleep paralysis, I was in my 20s, uh, early 20s. Uh, I want to say this is when the, the shadow figure came back into my life because it wasn't just... I'm waking up and I can't move. It was definitely that. It was me in bed on my back. Now, this is different from the 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 original encounters where where my 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 scene around me was black and I couldn't see. I could clearly make out my room. Every little detail was there. It, it was my room. I was awake. My eyes were open. I could not move. So <clears throat> the first experience with it, I was lying in bed I woke up, my heart just pounding, uh, and my my door opens, the bedroom door opens, and here's this figure from all those years ago. No interaction. It walks up to the foot of the bed and just stands there. It's a feminine figure, like before. Only this time I can make it out without it being physically on me. And it's there. I close my eyes and I'm trying to tell myself to wake up, wake up, move, breathe, because eventually my breathing gets it gets really hard to breathe, almost like I'm suffocating. And this happens in every instance when I experience sleep paralysis. And eventually I can just kind of wake myself up and breathe really deep and and I'll pop up and I'm there and the figure's gone. The door was open, which was not open before, uh, and that's that. That's my first, uh, <clears throat> my first experience with uh, sleep paralysis. So this first, this is the first experience, and all that happens. Um, in that moment, though, did you think back to your childhood and say this is the same entity, or was it later on that you started connecting dots, or do you even say it was the same ent- entity, but it just looked like the same entity? It, it was it. 
It, it was the same one. I just knew it right right then and there. It didn't take me a month, a week, uh, a year from from that first ex- uh, experience of sleep paralysis. It was as soon as I came came up from it. Yeah, I knew it, it was that same. Uh, it was that same one. So along that line, then, do you think that it came back and it did these things to you that weren't as pleasurable? And it's almost like from the outside looking in, and when you start trying to compare things, it's almost like when you were younger, it came to you and it gave you what you wanted. And then later on, it came to you and took what it wanted. Does that make sense? It does. <clears throat> I, um, after that first experience, I started fighting depression and it's gotten worse as I've gotten older. I've tried medications, meditation, talking to people, uh, which helps. Uh, but, but it seems like after that first time, it, I don't know if it took something for me, uh, but I've always been a relatively outgoing person, somebody that anybody could come to with anything. And I would be the, you know, their ear or their shoulder, whichever one they needed. And after, after <clears throat> the sleep paralysis started happening, uh, that, that changed. I became more of a loner. I guess very quiet in crowds, uh, n- not not a conversation starter. You know, and I think that there's something like when people have experiences with you know the paranormal or just things in general in life, things that have impacted them deeply. There's things that happen inside our heads psychologically, and I don't know if it's something that we can actually put to words. If it's something that um, you know, what I mean, like if you're sitting here and you're telling this story, you may not even be able to tell, like, put into words what the trigger was that turned that experience into a depression state where you became somebody that you never really were before. Um, but it happens. And uh, it, it's a shame that that, that happens. Uh, but do you think that was the intent behind that visit? Or do you think that was just a repercussion of what it did? <clears throat> I think it was, it could have been the intent. I've always heard the expression hurt, heal. Uh, I believe it hurt me that day, whatever it was. Uh, it, but I mean, it could all be in my head, you know, it could just, just experiencing that could have just set my, my psyche spinning. But I, I think it's deeper than that, personally. Okay. And now that wasn't a one and done thing. Like sleep paralysis continued, right? And Oh, yeah. And that sleep paralysis, is it always an entity visiting you or is it sometimes you don't see the entity? <clears throat> it's always, I don't always see it, but it's always a presence can be felt. Uh, I'm trying to put this into words, the feeling that I get. <clears throat> Some Sometimes when I, when I wake up at a sleep paralysis and I start to drift away again into, a, into another deep sleep, I can feel myself slipping into paralysis. It's very strange. I don't know if it's normal, if anybody else <clears throat> has experienced that. But I could I could experience sleep paralysis, wake up from it, <clears throat> start to fall back asleep. Is it, you know that state of sleep where you're, you're basically half asleep, but you're still aware of your surroundings? Uh, yeah, very much. It, it's kind of like that, but I can feel myself sleeping back into slipping back into paralysis, and I try to fight it, but 
sometimes it's more successful than others. But more often than not, I'll slip back into a paralysis state where I'll just, you just can't move. And I'll always feel something. I haven't, <clears throat> only on one other occasion that I can remember right offhand, uh, that I've actually seen the figure again during sleep paralysis. What was that instance? This one was different. This one was several years after my first experience, in which I had more in between. <clears throat> I was uh, living in an apartment, and I was asleep in bed. And let, let, let's go back to my first experience with the, the shadow figure where I felt like I got pulled off the bed, okay? So fast forward however many years later, I'm in my mid-20s at this point. It's, it's very min, min, in the evil presence I felt that night. Uh, I felt something pulling on the same side, my right side. I, I, I was sleeping on the, the right side of the bed, so my right side was on the edge. And... Every time I have sleep paralysis, uh, I can basically hear, feel my heart and hear my heart beating inside my head. And it, it get, I'll get tingly all over, but I can't move, obviously. But this time, it was a very malevolent, if I said that right, figure. Another dark figure stood up to my right. But this time, I can make out much more detail. Uh, red eyes, uh, spike-like uh, things coming from the shoulders, and this thing was huge. Uh, nothing like the feminine figure that visited me in the past. And I could, it, it tried to drag me off the bed with force I've never felt before. I've never shared that before. Okay, so let me talk about this. So you see the an entity, it's huge. It has spikes on its shoulder, some kind of spikes on its shoulder, and it tries dragging you off the bed. Now you're in sleep paralysis and it's trying to drag you off the bed. If it's not successful at doing that on a physical level, it would be surprising to me because, you know, pretty much it's just pulling anybody off the bed. So do you think that it might have been trying to pull something else other than your physical body off the bed, like maybe a spiritual being? Like, as in your spirit, out of your body? It, it very well could have been because <clears throat> the, the, the thing that struck me weird was it's, it's my same side that got pulled off the bed so many years earlier. and But this time after I snapped out, like, I can basically, the only thing I can move while in sleep paralysis are my eyes. And I'm looking over at the thing. I can feel it pulling at me. I'm not moving physically, but I definitely feel pressure. Something grabbing at me, pulling me. Uh, when I snap out of it, I'm able to get myself out of it. And I'll wake up, deep breathing, heart racing. I'm in the same position that I fell asleep in. Uh so it, it didn't physically grab me. So I, I guess it, it could have been trying to reach within. You know, I and the reason why I asked that is because, again, several times in this show, uh, we've had people say such 
like things. And uh, one that kind of sticks out to me is always, I think it's, I always think it's episode 29. Um, we had, and it's in the intro of the show. The guy had says that uh, there were, po- there was three or two or three great a- entities and they were pulling him off the bed. Um, but in that interview, the, like that's just a clip of that part of the story. But in the interview, he talks about how, though it felt like it was, they were pulling him off the bed and he was in bed with his wife. Uh, he said at the same time, it felt like they were trying to pull something out of him, like his spirit out of him. And it, it like it woke his wife up. Now he wasn't dealing with sleep paralysis, but it, it woke his wife up. And, and, you know, I, I, if I remember correctly, he never told his wife what actually happened that night. Um, but he relays a sim- similar experience of feeling something trying to pull him off the bed. But it's simultaneously, he said it felt like something was trying to pull, pull something out of his body. And uh, that's where the spiritual realm comes in. And, you know, that that kind of stuff. Let me ask you this. Instead of me giving commentary on it, let me ask you, if you could choose between the two, would you rather just be pulled off the bed physically? And this is something that's very physical happening. Or would you rather have the other way around where something's being almost like pulled out of your body? Physically. Because if something can get a hold of my my spirit, my soul, and pull it out and take it with it. I, I would much rather just have the ever loving what the ever loving crap was scared out of me anyway. But I would rather you know wake up on the floor rather than not be there. Now I'm sitting here thinking about this, and I'm thinking I wonder if somebody ever truly had that experience where they feel like something's being pulled out of their body. Let's just call it the soul or the spirit, and it was successful. I wonder what that would look like on the other side of that successful attempt. Like if, I mean, assuming that they live to, to talk about it. Um, like, cause I mean, what we're talking about sounds like almost like a grim reaper of some kind coming to collect your soul. Oh geez. You know, you, I mean, not saying you in, in for, because I mean, you'd never, th- this side of the conversation, you never detailed. So it, it, it you said it felt like someone was pulling you off the bed. I brought up the whole spiritual aspect of things, but I just wonder if something is, is pulling a spirit or a soul out of somebody's body and it was successful or like your spirit and soul was taken out of the body and somehow you survived it or whatever. And, and you lived to tell about it. I wonder what that would look like. Would it look like just an out of body experience? Uh, or would it look like as soon as the soul and spirit leaves the body, it is instantaneously in another realm. And what did you see there then? And there's so many questions I would have, you know, that, that, that would definitely be interesting. I don't <clears throat> think I've ever had an out of body experience. There, there's one thing that comes to mind. Um, when I was much, much younger, way before any of the uh, <clears throat> shadow people visits, uh, I remember, uh, shoot, I don't know how old I was, seven or eight maybe, uh, I fought falling asleep in my mother's bed, and um, uh, ew, this is hard to put into words. <clears throat> I believe this was a dream, though. Uh, getting out of bed, walking around, the house being normal that's normal uh everything where it's supposed to be nothing out of the ordinary nothing to indicate that it was a dream and i could remember walking back to the bedroom and seeing myself sleeping and then i would crawl back in bed and wake up that only happened once but i'm not 
so unsure that that was you know just a dream yeah well hopefully it is a dream because if it's not a dream it's definitely not a body experience (laughs) i mean but i mean honestly i mean if if you feel like it was a dream let's just call it a dream then you know yeah i feel that that was a dream yeah me too it was definitely a dream we'll just say (laughs) (laughs) i like that i like that better yeah Uh, we're talking about jimmy's dreams today everybody (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna call this dreams with demons or something i don't know but uh sleeping sleeping with demons well yeah i already picked the show name out we're gonna call this demon sex so (laughs) oh my goodness okay that that won't be hard to miss on the feed (laughs) i mean it's what it is man so uh but listen man uh hopefully we were able to cover the your experiences here uh in a a good way i mean sometimes and the way i interview people is very it's very much dictated upon the individual so sometimes people um are very like i've like i remember the one time i had somebody on the show who talked about what you talked about in the beginning of the show and there were tears shed during the recording uh it, it was something that he's still like every time he talks about it, he, it breaks down and cries. Obviously it's more of a, you know, serious ta- a conversation, but uh, I appreciate you allowing me to kind of just take the lighthearted hearted approach to this as well as, you know, pulling out details. Um, but to wrap this up, uh, I do want to ask you a final question and it has to do with your career. Um, now you started out in uh, the I forget the the term that you use, but we'll just call it the prison system. You worked you worked within the prison system, and then you transitioned to becoming a police officer. So you've had a lot of experiences with law enforcement. Is there anything that sticks out of your mind as like the story that you you you're like I can't? You went home that night and said I cannot believe that I experienced that today, or I cannot believe I made it home tonight. Hmm. <laughs> There's been a couple of those. I <clears throat> there were several instances working in, in the you call it prison system. I think I call it corrections. Um, the the jail that I worked in it wasn't an old jail, but you know there's trick of the eye. You know we worked twelve hour shifts and I was on nighttime night shift at that time, and you think you catch something in the corner of your eye moving on one of the cameras. Uh, but as far as actual like in in the in the workplace experiences, <clears throat> there have been moments where we would go to apprehend a potentially dangerous suspect. Uh, one comes to mind. Uh, there was a shooting out in, in a in a neighborhood, and uh, it happened right about shift change. So we had uh, all the county units out there and all the city guys out there at the same time. And I remember never been so close to taking a life until that moment. Uh, the guy comes out the back of the trailer. I basically, I, I got I got my sights right on his forehead, and the slack is poured out of my my trigger. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just saying to myself, if this guy comes out, well, if anything in his hands, it looks like a gun, you know, because he was <clears throat> said to be armed and dangerous. Uh, then I was going to have to squeeze the trigger. And I didn't have to, thank God. Uh, I've had one more time like that where I came very, very close to pulling the trigger on a guy. Uh 
we, we dealt with them a lot in the past. Yeah. Everybody's got that one that they deal with a lot. We got several of those, but uh, this guy basically had a Bowie knife in the middle of the day. I think it was a Sunday. This, this was not too long ago. This was maybe three or four months ago. And he wouldn't listen to commands. Uh, he basically crossed a major highway. I had to drive my car, cut him off. almost had to hit the guy. I get out. He's got the knife in hand. I got my gun drawn. And I'm just yelling at this guy to put that knife down. And he had it in a <clears throat> position of aggression, you could say, where the, the tip of that knife was pointing toward me. And I told him if he takes one more step, I'm gonna, I, I would have had to put him down. Yeah, I can't imagine being in a situation like that, man. Uh, <laughs> you know, my wife, because I mean, I, I flirted with the idea of going to law enforcement in my early 20s. And I also flirted with the idea of going to military. And my wife always tells me, if there's anybody in the world that shouldn't be trained how to kill somebody, it should be you. <laughs> so, <laughs> she's, she's very glad that I didn't go down those roads and stuff. Uh, because, you know, because uh, not everybody's cut out for that. You know, and there's a lot of there's a lot of discernment on that job that you need to have, and uh, split second decisions. This is split much. second decisions. Yeah, uh, and, and I'm a, and I'm a lighthearted, you know, uh, an easygoing guy, and easy to get along with until that button gets pushed. And uh, out of the nine or so years that I've been in it and everything, you know, there's only a couple of instances where somebody just pushed that button and I went off on them. Of course, I apologized, you know, after the fact, but. <laughs> yeah but sometimes you gotta sometimes you gotta hurt um people's feelings to get them to listen to you <laughs> uh, yeah yes 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 that is so true uh you mentioned about how uh sometimes you would see things out of corner of your eyes in the prison and I'll, I'll just say this about that comment uh prisons i've heard can be very haunted and i've talked to people who've had experiences in prisons that, like for instance i have a, a member episode we call it the death row goblin episode 251 this, this guy all he did is come on and talk about his prison haunting prison experiences and it, i'm telling you like it like the prison in, i don't know what it is it must be i i don't know what it is but uh these prisons can be very haunted and uh, i wouldn't want to work in them so uh jimmy man i appreciate you coming on the show Oh, yeah, it was a pleasure being here, Tony. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please share the show with your friends. I don't care where or how you share the show. Just share the show if you enjoyed it, because that's the best thing you can do to help this show grow is to share it with your friends. And just a reminder, we do have that P.O. box, which is suite number 361, S-T-E 361. 88 Glocker Way, Pottstown, PA, 19465. That's Suite 361, 88 Glocker Way, Pottstown, Pennsylvania, 19465. Send anything you want to that P.O. box and I will get it. Thank you very much, friends. And also subscribe to the YouTube channel. Look us up, The Confessionals on YouTube. We're going to be releasing another episode of Legion of Legends very soon, either this week or next week when I'm done producing it. It's going to be a fun one. So I know you guys are going to like it. Don't miss it. Subscribe to The Confessionals on YouTube. And until next week, friends, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. Bye. Awakened from the forest in the depths of the abyss. This creature is a paradigm of time lost and time itself. It fears no one. It adheres to no rule that man can create. It forges its own path, and yet its path remains hidden from the world. 
The sphere of his existence is beyond most comprehension as it exudes its power quietly but transcendent. It needs no one's approval to exist, but yet its very existence is sought after by many. It watches. It learns. Adapts to the ever-changing environment around it, even as the environment is wrought with corruption. It battles the corruption only when pressed or for the protection of others like it. It is a mirage that few will ever understand. It's a cornucopia of knowledge from an era long past. It's free. It's Bigfoot. My fantasies always consisted of making it big. My soul was nothing more than a bargaining chip. Marketing is what they tell you to do and what you're willing to give. Larping to the fullest extent. I don't wait, I shoot first like Han on a rodeo. And people don't understand me like reading a Nokia and stretch thin. Like pulling an accordion, my heart ain't primordium. All these historians telling us lies, setting aside everything is medicalized. Politicians selling the ride, I better my die where the relevance lies. They're dressing a light, reptilians. My resilience is brilliant. I'm here to lead the rebellion on hellion, salient, alien with no melanin. I'm a Yeti, ain't hiding from Armageddon. Come and find me, I ain't even hiding. We ain't the same, I play no games. Oh, 